Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Welcome to semifinal Saturday in lovely Charleston, South Carolina. It's the Credit One Charleston Open presented by Conrad Hotels and Resorts. As always, the road to Roland Garros begins on the green clay as new heights are reached in the low country. We are one hour from first ball. Ekaterina Alexandrova into her first semifinal on clay, facing Belinda Bencic for the fifth time. The Olympic gold medalist looking to reach her 14th career final. And then Amanda Anasimova makes her first semifinal in the U.S., goes for her second top 10 win of the week against Angebur, who's back in the final four for the second straight year here. Welcome on to our Tennis Channel FanDuel desk. It is TC Live. Steve Weissman, so happy to be joined by Chanda Rubin, Lindsay Davenport. It's a little windy. It's a little cold. It's a little cold. <laughs> but we've got some, some comforters below the desk. Steve, uh, don't tell what we're doing here. <laughs> it's free. It's 57 <laughs> degrees. It's freezing here. Uh, and that, those are the conditions the yeah. players are going to have to deal with today in the two semifinals coming up one hour from now. But it's been a spectacular week here on Daniel Island. Uh, Chanda, what's been the biggest story you've seen so far? Well, Steve, for me, it's got to be the stadium, this brand-new, state-of-the-art, beautiful stadium. It's in the same footprint uh, that the old stadium was in, but they did a complete renovation. This is the first year where players have been able to play, fans have great seats, and our spaces, Steve, it's so nice. Our booths, our green room, I'm loving it here, and it's been fantastic uh, to see the investment that Ben Navarro has made in women's tennis uh, in this tournament, and along with uh, Bob Moran, the job that they've done. It's just been wonderful this year. Yeah, and it was such a nice tie-in also to the 50th anniversary of this tournament. Such a phenomenal tournament here in the States, really supporting women's tennis and the WTA. Used to be down in Hilton Head. It moved to Daniel Island 20 years ago. So we've got a lot of anniversaries going on here at this tournament, but it's been great to see some of the former champions are back. There's a big dinner tonight honoring them. You'll see them all around the grounds. It's just been such a nice vibe here always, but it just continues to get bigger and better every year. Players love coming here. The field reflects that. And we really look forward to what's in store in the future here also. Absolutely. I mean, the champions here go from Chrissy Everett, Martina Navratilova, Tracy Austin, to both Williams sisters, Sloane Stevens, Madison Keys, and we are guaranteed a new champion this year. So who is left in the draw? How did we get to the semifinals today? Let's take you through the quarterfinals, starting with the top half. An American guaranteed to make the final four, Amanda Anasimova, facing lucky loser Coco Vandaway under the lights for the first time, Lindsay. One-way traffic here. Yeah, and also the first time on the stadium this week for Vandaway, and it seemed to get her in the beginning of this match. Anasimova, very solid, very focused. Vandaway, she needed to serve well, and the serve was not there, especially in the first set. She served at 30%, was struggling to win second serve points, so it was all Anasimova in the first set. Second set, Vandaway had some big chances in the second game. Five break points in an eight-deuce game. Anasimova able to get the hold and really kind of cruise from there. Just played really solid tennis. Coco was trying everything she could, was coming to net, 
Anna Samova, though, a little bit more comfortable on the clay, a winning record in her career on this surface, and it was reflected in some of these points. Anna Samova, after starting so well in Australia, looking to get going now in the clay season. Won 70% of the points on Coco's second serve. That was big, just over an hour of work. Her first semifinal here in Charleston. Amanda Anasimova feeling good right now. Who will she meet in the next round? Angebur continuing her dominance here. Made the semifinals last year. Finals in that 250 event in Charleston. No trouble, Chanda, with Angelina Kalinina. Uh, and early on, the variety and flash of Angebur was on full display. She mixed the paces up, really kept Kalinina off balance from the start. And when she needed to see, she was able to step in and hit winners like that forehand, and it allowed Shabur to be so relaxed on returns. She was effective behind her first serve, and that's been rookie. And shots like this, where Kalina just had to watch and applaud like the rest of us. This was classic on Shabur, but she's been so solid along with it, and this match, pretty straightforward, moving beautifully on the clay. She should be a real contender at Roland Garros, but she is still in this one, Steve, getting back to the semifinals for a second year in a row and you could see she was feeling it she has been happy she's been relaxed out there and it really showed in her tennis and times it was just fun to watch she's a hot shot waiting to happen i mean absolutely spectacular Jabert has won all three of her matches here by a score of 6-3 6-2 so we'll see what happens today but that's what she's been doing it's going to be Jabert against amanda anasimova for the very first time real contrast in styles here lindsay yeah there really is and, and the challenge for anasimova she has to take Jabert's time away Jabert likes time when she has time she can create those great drop shots she can create some variety anasimova wants to make sure she's hitting her ball well and deep in the court all of a sudden when you're when you're forced to play back it's not so easy to play those drop shots on a dime not so easy to kind of knife your way around the court and serve well both these players first serves are very key and also points one on their serve it's going to be a great match looking forward to this one happy to see the semifinalists that we have yeah i think it's going to be important for Ons jabur to take care of her serve she was so good behind her first serve but there's a real opportunity if she throws in a lot of second serves and anna samova she has been hitting the ball big her ability to hit up the line that is also going to give jabur some trouble if she can play consistently uh, in those spaces it's important as lindsay said it's important to get jabur moving not a lot of players have been able to do that all week. Anna Samova has certainly the game to do so. And I think she's been playing really relaxed in big moments. So I think she won't be sort of overawed by the, the shot selection that Jabur can throw out there. It's just going to be power versus a little variety. We'll see who comes out on top. Those are the matchups that we love mm -hmm. to see. Amanda seems like she's in good spirits, good vibes this week. And we're going to track back to Coco Vandeweghe because she hadn't played in a long time. Listen, she had a couple of years of two different injuries that she was overcoming. Lost in the last round of qualies, Lindsay, but then got that lucky loser spot when Veronica Kudermitova, the defending champion, withdrew from this event, really took advantage of it. Yeah, this has been a big week for Coco. First of all, get her ranking now up to about 125 or so. That'll help her get into some more tournaments, but you got to remember, in 2017, she finished the year in the top 10, and it's been a real nightmare for her since. With a foot injury, you mentioned also a hand injury she had to have surgery on, and now trying to find the love of the game again and work her way back. Back. This is her least favorite time of the year. She does not love clay. She's really waiting for the grass and the hard court summer. So to start off on the right foot is absolutely huge for her. Didn't play her best last night, but still a great week. Jesse Pagula en route to that quarterfinal. So I think overall, Coco pretty happy with the way this week went.
Yeah, I think it's a real confidence boost when you can come out and take advantage after losing in the qualifying, take advantage, have a big week, be able to develop points on this surface. I mean, that's the, the struggle on getting onto clay for the first time for a lot of players. And Vandeweghe, we saw her do that in some big matches and some big moments. Uh, so I think she can take a lot of positives from that uh, as well. And it's about building at, at this stage. I know she's had a tough couple of years, and it can just weigh you down. So it's nice to see her out there happy. Uh, playing good tennis again, a tough match, um, this last one for Vandeweghe, but so much upside and so I think so much to look forward Absolutely. to. Absolutely. If she can stay healthy. Yes, uh, staying healthy, the key for everybody. Second quarterfinal in the last four years, so looking to build off of that. Let's take a look at the bottom half of the quarterfinals, and we start with the best match of Friday. Paula Bedosa facing Belinda Bencic, rematch from last year when Bedosa got her first top 20 win, Chanda. This started out like we'd have that same result. Yeah. This was a battle, and we thought the first set after Bedosa took it, you know, that she kind of got the advantage that it was going to be her day. Benchich was a bit uncomfortable, didn't really find her rhythm. Bedosa would get up a set and 4-2, but Benchich kept fighting, and that has been a staple of her game, and it came through in a big way down the stretch in the second set. You could see Bedosa, she was just off there. She got upset. She's played a lot of matches over the last three, four weeks, and I think she just ran out of a bit of gas, and at the end of that tie break, it was Benchich with all the momentum. She was stepping in on returns, really pressuring the Bedosa serve, got the advantage in the third down the stretch. You could see the emotion on Paula Bedosa's face, and it's so difficult when you're feeling like that uh, in a match, but she kept battling. Benchich had to pull out all of her guns to get through this one. It was a tremendous battle, the match of the day, and it's Benchich who finally gets through, coming back in a big way. Yeah, back in the semifinals here for the first time in eight years. Join me on our desk after this win. This is your first win against Paula yes. as well. Was there any different strategy for you today? Um, yes, there was. I mean, I know how she plays a lot, but it's just very um, tough to play her, especially on clay. Um, but I felt like every time I played her, I got a little bit closer. Yeah. And so that was like a positive thought for me. So I was like not really scared going into the match and I had really nothing to lose. You know, she's number three in the world. She's playing great tennis and it was like uh, going to be a great match. Belinda's had some great crowd support. I mean, the most fans have come for her interviews every single day here. Meantime, Ekaterina Alexandrova Lindsay took out Karolina Pliskova for the first time in the third round. She would do the same against Magdalenette. Yeah, poor Magdalenette. Day before, she had two full singles matches over four and a half hours on the singles court, six sets, and she was gassed for this quarterfinal against Alexandrova, who, credit to Alexandrova, played very composed, played a very smart match, didn't go for too much, but just kept her shots going from side to side. I tried to get Lynette running as much as possible. And you could see Lynette was pretty far from 100%, but great effort from her to try and fight her way through this singles match. Wasn't able to play her best tennis, but she went back out on the court after this and won her doubles match. She'll be in action today in her doubles. Alexandrova, though, tough to follow up such a big win against Pliskova and play as well as she did. A lot of credit to her. Won nearly 90% of her first serve points into her first semifinal on clay for Ekaterina Alexandrova. So let's take a look at the Conrad Hotel's head-to-head -head between Belinda Bencic and Ekaterina Alexandrova. Two apiece. Fifth meeting between these two. They met a couple times last year. They split those. So who do we favor today, Chanda, in this matchup? 
You know, Steve, this is a tough one. It, I think it's fairly even, but I'm going to go with Belinda Bencic. I'll give her the slight edge. I think she can create a few more angles on this court. She takes the ball early. She moves beautifully. She's confident right now, and she can mix it up a little bit as well. She can go to the slice. She can hit the drop shot. I think she can get Alexandrova off balance a little more often in this match. But Alexandrova, she hits through the court beautifully. That's going to be – it'll be interesting to see how Bencic counters that over the course of this match. But I was also impressed with the way Bencic served. Mm. Down the stretch, she was more effective behind her first serve. Sometimes the serve and the second serve in particular can be a weakness. So I think that's going to be a key for her today. Yeah, the big key for B is the, the mental strength from either player. Both of them can be kind of hotheads out on court. Who stays more composed in this big match? Absolutely huge for either one of them to get through to the final. Do any of them succumb to the nerves or the pressure out there? It'll be interesting. I and mean, Benchich has had a, a big last couple of days with wins over Keys and then Bedosa yesterday, the longest singles match that was played. Alexandrova, again, played some of her best clay court tennis against Pliskova. Didn't have to do as much yesterday. She should be the fresher player. Benchich also in doubles. But again, I think the moment is going to be the biggest issue for both of these players. Who can stay confident? Who can stay composed? Most likely gets through. Alexandrova told me yesterday because this is her first semifinal on clay. I was, she's like, I'm, I'm not good on this surface. I was like, why not? She's like, I'm not sure. However, <laughs> I said, at Roland Garros, you've had more wins than any other major. She's like, I know. So I, I don't really understand that. But Bencic has more experience, Shanda, at this stage of an event. Yeah, and it was interesting to hear Alexandrova have that conversation <laughs> with you, Stephen. She said, maybe it's my low expectations. Yeah. And that could be the case. And maybe that helps her stay a little bit more relaxed in this match uh, to settle in a little bit quicker. But I do think she has the ability. Her backhand is phenomenal. She can hit it on a dime. She can hit up the line beautifully change direction. So I think that's going to be a good counter to the vintage game. But certainly I think it's going to come down to confidence in those big moments. Who just has a little bit more uh, belief on this surface? And Alexandrova has been showing us a lot in spite of her words. Yeah, I, she is low-key good on the dirt. Uh, back to Paula Bedosa. And, and Lindsay, last year here, she got two huge wins. She beat Bencic and then she beat Ash Barty. And it seemed like Ash Barty was a little mentally fatigued at that point in the season. This year, it seemed it was Paula Bedosa who had that. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, Paula Bedosa is a fighter, and she kept trying to play through almost her emotions out there. But almost every changeover towards the end of the match, there were some tears coming in. You know, sometimes players hit the exhaustion level. It has been a tremendous last 14, 15 months for Bedosa. From starting last season in the 21-day lockdown in Australia, starting at 71 in the world at this tournament last year, Coming in 12 months later at number three in the world, a lot has changed for her. She's also played a lot of tournaments already this year. I think she just reached that point of this tournament where it was like, no mas, I'm so tired. Credit her for trying to figure it out in the third set. Just didn't have her A game. We're going to see her back. She had a big clay court season last year, semifinals of Madrid, won a title in Serbia, quarterfinals of French Open. She might also be feeling some of that pressure, but a couple of weeks off would do her some good to just kind of reset, get that mental toughness and freshness back. She can win a major this year, but she's got to be all together 100% physically, but also mentally. Yeah, I think it's been a big shift for Paula Badosa when you consider that huge ranking rise. Now she's in the top 10 and, you know, she has a different mindset about herself and her game, the expectations. And I think all of that comes into play, especially with the, the big tournament she's had recently, a couple of semifinals uh, back to back. And it's just been a lot of matches and that can start to build. And you saw the emotion on her face. 
sometimes it just comes out, Steve, when you least expect it. And I think a reset for Paula Badosa is in order. She can take a little bit of a break, kind of get ready for the rest of the clay court swing, because this is where she wants to play her best tennis. This is where she is the most motivated and certainly should see herself as a contender. So hopefully she can kind of get it back together. But it's been great to see her playing so well. Yeah, what a fighter. And still, a quarterfinal performance here. Fantastic stuff from Paula Badosa. We will see much more from her. We will be joined by the tournament director, Bob Moran, later on in TC Live. Looking forward to that. Much, much more to get to. The men get the European clay season underway in Monte Carlo. We've got a preview from the Principality. Plus, Simona Halep has a big-name new coach. We'll tell you about that. And Serena breaking major news with a football star. But next, we'll catch you up on the first three months of 2022. New stars and new number ones. It is all on the way as we lead up to the single semifinals in Charleston. TC Live is presented by Conrad Hotels and Resorts. From Tokyo to Tulum, discover ConradHotels.com. Lindsay Chan to Steve back on TC Live from Charleston. MakeTennis.com, your online information source during the road to Roland Garros. Right now, find out where Bianca Andreescu is scheduled to start her season and make your picks in the Monte Carlo edition of the Match Point Predictor. Now time to see Jessica Pagula on our warm and fuzzy set. If you could see anyone taken by a UFO, I don't really want to see anyone. What if I tell you it's a UFO of happiness, of wonder? Oh, it's like a great other planet? Yeah. I mean, I would go. Why? If it's happy. I mean, that'd be pretty cool. I'd be like the only person to really be out in a UFO. Do you want the first sentence of your Wikipedia page to be highest level tennis player, multiple grand slams and money? Or do you want to be first tennis player abducted by a really happy UFO? Probably the tennis. And then in the second line, it'd be like, by the way, she got abducted by a really right. cool UFO, but she's doing great. If that's the, like how I go out, like that's too good. That is too good. <laughs> that's the best warm and fuzzy that I've seen so far. Uh, you can see all of these warm and fuzzy interviews on TennisChannel.com and the Tennis Channel app. We could use some warmth on the set right now. Uh, back with much, much more after this as we lead up to the semifinals in Charleston. Who wants a, a Kona ice? No, like warm apple pie, please. Alexandrova Benchich are coming up. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s-inspired style and cutting-edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high-energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. Chandler, Lindsay, Steve back on TC Live, presented by Conrad Hotels. A reminder, the Tennis Channel Podcast Network has all your favorite shows in one place. For new weekly episodes, go to tennis.com slash podcast. Right now, Kamal Murray has been shooting a lot of content this week in Charleston. He's got a podcast with Bob Moran out. You can find it on your preferred podcast provider. Let's catch you up on the first three months of the 2022 season. From Australia, Ashley Barty. 
Ash Barty is the Australian Open champion. But she has become almost untouchable at the top of the women's game. From Spain, Rafael Nadal. 21 major titles. Unbeatable. The reaction just exemplifies this man's passion and desire and love and joy for the game, and it is a treat to watch. The quite remarkable teenager, Carlos Alcaraz, picks up his first ATP 500 title, and what a week it has been. Igor Spiontek takes the title in Doha with the most exquisite performance. Igor Sviantec is the Indian Wells champion. Taylor Fritz! A career-defining moment for Taylor Fritz, who comes of age here in Indian Wells. I've given absolutely everything that I could to this sport. Ash Barty said she is done with the sport of tennis. You know, she has given it all, and I think that is probably what we'll think most of her at the end of the day. I'm going to miss so much watching her play. All I can say is have a great life, have a great next chapter. Iga Sviantec, she is your champion here in Miami. The newly crowned world number one. Iga showed us these last six weeks how much she wants to be at the top of women's tennis. Carlos Alcaraz comes of age here in Miami. The youngest ever champion in the men's singles here. The first Spaniard to get his hands on the trophy. And his first Masters 1000 title. It has been quite an eventful first three months of the season. A lot of news has gone on. Obviously, Ash Barty retiring. That means Iga Sviantec is our new world number one on the women's side. She's won 17 matches in a row, three straight WTA 1000 events, withdrew from this tournament. How long, Janet, can the streak go? How long is she going to stay at the top? Uh, I mean, Iga Sviantec has been a real revelation. I mean, certainly, you know, she was a Grand Slam champion. She was top 10 in the world, playing consistently in that space. But to just move into that space vacated by Ash Barty so seamlessly, the matches she's been able to win back-to-back, -back, you know, she talks about how much it means to her to have this level of consistency, consistency to win big titles and to do it these first, these three titles this year in succession. It has been amazing. She, her game, I feel, has just grown by leaps and bounds. She's serving big when she needs to. She's aggressive. The returns, um, that's been a big factor in the Sviantec game. And it's really the mindset, though, I think that's been most impressive from her. And it wasn't a given. We were talking in Indian Wells. You know, she and Sakari were vying for that number two spot. And she has just created so much space between her and the other players right now. Uh, it's going to be fantastic to kind of see how she continues through this year. It's not very often you see a 20-year-old kind of step into this role and look so comfortable doing it. Last year, she started the year ranked 17. She started January 1st ranked 9 in the world. And if you would have told her, hey, by April 4th, you're going to be 1 in the world, I think she probably would have been like, no, I'm not sure about that. But everything kind of fell into place for her. And she started playing so well at the Australian Open, lost that semifinal to Danielle Collins. But she had shown some real growth on the hard courts moving into that semifinal match. By the time she won the title in Doha, 
while. Beginning of Indy Wells, she didn't even play that well. She lost the opening set in her first three matches, was struggling to get through, but really a sign of a champion when you're not playing your best and she's figuring out ways to win. That has been something that hasn't been necessarily a strength of many of the players at the top of the WTA. Now we have a player who mentally is like, I am in this. I'm going to figure this out. She's staying very positive with herself. A lot was thrown at her. It was, we talked about this a ton in Miami. It is very, very emotional when you get to number one in the world for the first time. And it was interesting talking to her there where she was like, I have been so stressed the last three days going into this tournament, knowing that if I could win. So what did she do? She secured the number one ranking and then got better as the tournament went on. That is something that you can't teach a player to be able to handle and to be able to still have the motivation and the focus to continue on throughout the rest of the tournament. I think she's here to stay. She's going on to now into her best surface on the clay. I think it's going to be really tough for the players to compete with her on that surface. We'll see when she starts to hit the exhaustion level. Hopefully not, because she has she's something special in our sport. Iga Sviantek won her first major as a 19-year-old at Roland Garros a couple years ago. We've got, on the men's side, a youngster, a teenager, who will be 19 when we go to Paris this year. His name is Carlos Alcaraz, and this guy was the youngest to ever win in Miami. Is he going to be the next teenager, Lindsay, to win a major? 1,000%. I think it's coming, and, and it very well could be in May. But what he's shown this year, and when he left the season last year, when he showed up at the Australian Open, he had put about 15 pounds of muscle on. And so that shows that it, even as a teenager, he is ready to take that next step. There's nothing more important to him than being a great tennis player. And then to watch him kind of navigate in Miami, here he is at 18 years old. He was selling out the stadium with chanting, singing fans. He brought all the atmosphere those last few days to the tournament. And that's something pretty extraordinary for an 18-year-old to have to handle. And he was so comfortable doing it. He's got the game. I, it's only a matter of time. He can play well on all surfaces. Probably grass still the toughest one for him. But he is a real favorite even at Roland Garros. Of course, Rafa going the heavy favorite Novak as well but you got to put Alcaraz in at number three right now we'll see the rest of the red clay season it's coming whether it's this year or next year yeah I think absolutely you know he is the next big thing he's he's arrived he's yeah. here and yeah. I think it's not just his game and how he plays it's the excitement he creates around his matches that has been a huge part of the Carlos Alcaraz story and he just embraces all of it I mean he gets in these tough moments and matches and his tennis gets better I mean how often can and we say that about players and you look at the shots he can hit he can hit you can look at how he can play in all areas of the court I think for me that's one of the most impressive parts he takes on that challenge of coming in his game is only going to get better and that's a scary thing I mean he was so close to winning in Indian Wells and what does he do in Miami he comes back and wins <laughs> that event yeah. I mean how often do you see a young player just have that much mental fortitude to go with the game he has been incredible to watch he's another special player just like Sviantek and it's going to be fun to watch both of them the rest of this year. Yeah, how many players would have been shattered after that loss in Indian Wells, even to his idol? But yeah. three sets, that was a brutal match. Rafa able to pull through. One thing early in the tournament, I don't think it was around a 16 match, he was playing Sitsipas out on the grandstand. I was like, oh, I'm going to go watch this. I mean, you couldn't get within like 100 yards of the stadium. People waiting to get in. It was absolutely crazy. You could hear them singing. I just love the way that he's been able to kind of bring that out from the tennis fans. He started last year outside the top 120. I mean, now <laughs> he's working his way almost into the top 10. What he's been able to accomplish, and I think just the ease in which he's kind of assumed that the next big thing 
thing from Spain. Not easy also to follow in Rafa's footsteps. He looks so comfortable doing it, too. He's now at a career high, 11 in the world, so just outside the top 10. And he will have four opportunities to win a major as a teenager. We'll see if he can be the next on the men's side to take care of that. How about the number one ranked American, Taylor Fritz, getting the biggest win of his life at Indian Wells. Not only his first Masters title, but he beats Rafa Nadal to do it, and he does it really on one ankle, one foot, Chanda. Uh, what does that do for his confidence to take it to the next step and then win a Grand Slam? Yeah, I've been so impressed with Taylor Fritz. And, you know, his game has just continued to grow. But even more than the game, his mentality, his approach, his ability to dig into matches and find a way to get through. I mean, his tiebreak record was incredible um, getting through and, and winning in Indian Wells and he just continued to impress in that department you mentioned the final the the uh, physical issues he had with his ankle I mean he and Nadal were yep. really struggling physically but who thought Fritz would outlast Nadal would sort of have you know the, the ability to mentally get through that match the way he did it was impressive stuff and I think you know he is only going to gain in confidence he's got some real opportunities the rest of this year uh, with the way you see him battle though I love watching him now. Yeah, that was a crazy Indian Wells final. We weren't sure that Fritz was going to be able to take the court. And then after a couple of games, we weren't sure Rafa was going to stay on the court. Both <laughs> of them dealing with some pretty serious injuries. But it has been tough for the American men the last 20 years. After following the footsteps of Sampras and Agassi and then Roddick, everybody's been waiting. Like, where's the Grand Slam champion? And I think a lot of the generations have felt that pressure. And so to see someone like Fritz, he's been around for a couple of years. He came up with this great group of peers as well. To see a big title like that be won, and especially at it's really his home tournament yeah. in Southern California, that that was huge. That's going to do wonders for his confidence. Listen, red clay, it's going to be tough really for most of the Americans, just not that comfortable on that surface. Look for Fritz again in the summer when the goes back to the hard courts back in the States. He'll have that confidence of winning Indian Wells. That's when I think he's going to be really ready to make another strong push. As Chanda said, he's got the opportunities to pick up some points. We will see Taylor in Monte Carlo. We'll also see Carlos Alcaraz for the first time in Monte Carlo. A lot more still to get to here on TC Live as we are leading up to the semifinals in Charleston. Tournament director Bob Moran is joining Chanda and myself right here at the desk to talk about that brand new stadium we've got behind us. new Credit One Stadium. It is semifinal Saturday in Charleston. Ekaterina Alexandrova into her first semifinal on clay, facing Belinda Bencic for the fifth time. And then Amanda Anasimova into her first semifinal in the U.S., going for her second top ten win of the week against Jabeur, who's back in the final four for the second straight year here. With that, we welcome you back onto our desk and welcome in one of our very favorites, tournament director Bob Moran. It is always a pleasure to see you back here in Charleston. Uh, this event is amazing, but you've taken it next level. We've got Credit One Stadium, brand new behind us. What, what's the reaction you've gotten from players and fans? Uh, it's been a great week. Every, all the facilities we've been building for the players, the fan experiences, just the stadium. Look at this beautiful fountain behind us. Uh, you know, Ben Navarro had a vision when he when he bought our sanction in, in the tournament, and it's coming to life. It's pretty special. 
I mean, it's an absolutely fabulous stadium, has you know everything you could want, state-of-the-art. We're loving our space in there. Um, but with this new stadium, are we going to see more events, more combined events, maybe a men's and women's event down the road? What's the vision? Well, we like to say we're open to everything. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, we would love to see more tennis. Uh, obviously, we do a lot of music here, too. We have Zach Brown playing in a couple weeks. We just announced Elton John playing September 13th. So uh, it is a multi-purpose venue, but it was built for women's tennis in the first place. Uh, and we're just thrilled with what it is this week. It's great. Now, you're a pretty hands-on tournament director. You go out of your way to make sure players are comfortable, that they have what they need. What are some of the more surprising things you've had to do for players? you got to give me a heads up before you say something <laughs> like that. No, I mean... We want the players to enjoy themselves. I, I think uh, we work really hard. Eleanor Adams on my team is just constantly in touch with those players. If it's a hotel reservation, it's anything they need. If it's a shopping spree somewhere to have some fun, um, we try and do it. Uh, you know, I made some golf reservations for Jesse Bagula today. Uh, you know, she had a tough match yesterday, but wanted to get on the link, so we do it. Um, whatever we can make, uh, whatever we can do to make the players feel home, feel at home, is, is important to us. Uh, you certainly make us feel at home as well. Thank you for that uh, amazing dinner on Sunday, hooking us up with, with Hall's Chop House during the week as well. We're here with tournament director Bob Moran, who's been here 22 years now. But this tournament, Bob, has a very special anniversary this year, and you've got a big event tonight. Tell yeah. us about it. Well, number one, I take you come to Charleston. You were in College of Charleston Colors. <laughs> I'm just so impressed with your choices today. Um, yeah, this is 50 years, 28 years on Hilton Head, 22 years in, in Charleston. We uh, we're celebrating that tonight at Charleston Place, um, our hotel here in in downtown Charleston. It's it's going to be fun. Rosie Casals is here. Arancha Sanchez Vicario is here. They're talking on another stage right now. Mary Pierce, uh, Sabine Lasik. Both Madison Keys and Sloan Stevens are coming back. And our girl JJ, Helene Yagovic, could be one of the favorites of all time here in Charleston. She got here from Europe to JFK, got in a sprinter van because we couldn't get her here. Sprinter van, 14 hours, she arrived at 5 a.m. this morning with her family. you, you got to love JJ. Yeah, well, I mean, you're pretty busy. Speaking of players, I mean, we have the tournament going on, all these great matches, but have you had a chance to watch any of the tennis? We had some crazy weather we got through, and we've made it here to semifinal day. Have you had a chance to watch, and what do you think about these matchups? Yeah, not as much as I'd like. Uh -huh. A lot of things going on with the stadium and, uh, and, and everything around us, but... I did get to watch a little of the Benchik Bedosa match yesterday. That was one of the best matches I've seen here. They were they were both fighting for that that position in our semis. So I really enjoyed that. Our matchups today, there's some fun and exciting players. There's a lot of fun in those matchups today. Yeah. I think we talked about it earlier. Yeah. Some exciting players. Uh, the, the weather is always a challenge here in yeah. Charleston. The, the stadium made it through. What's it like for you to have to to manage that? It was a stress test. I mean, if, if the Lord above wanted a stress test for this new stadium, he delivered. Between the lightning storm the other night, the heavy winds, we just went from 75 yesterday to 55 today. Um, we're, we're, yeah, we're definitely checking all our systems with this new stadium. Um, it's a little stressful, but, you know, we're in a great place, great crowd today. The skies are out a little chilly, but the, the blue sky is out. That's what I care about right now. Speaking of the fans and having a crowd here, first time in three years, right? So they're back in this new stadium. What's the atmosphere been like from your perspective? The atmosphere has been great. I think you saw the investment level we put in the stadium and also the, the fan experience. Video boards everywhere, giant screens on the top of the stadium, all around the court. So really trying to engage the fans while they're here. I've talked to a ton of fans. It's great to have them back after three years, and they're having a ball. They're really, truly enjoying the experience. 
Well, listen, uh, thank you again for having us here. All the hospitality that you, Eleanor, Ben, provide us. And uh, we wish you a very wonderful championship weekend. Well, I can't be more thrilled to have you guys back with us. It's just the fans and you guys. It's always a pleasure. So thank you so much. All right, Bob Moran's got some work to do. We're going to let him go. We've got two big semifinals coming up today. And that is what we are leading up to at the bottom of the hour. It's going to be a Katarina Alexandrova and Belinda Bencic. More TC Live after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Back on TC Live in Charleston, about 20 minutes away from first ball. The ATP's European clay court season kicks off with a star-studded Masters 1000 event. Daily live coverage of the Rolex Monte Carlo Masters begins Sunday at 7 a.m. Eastern. All part of Tennis Channel's Road to Roland Garros, presented by ZipRecruiter. Oh, the scene there in Monaco is absolutely gorgeous. We're going to have some Americans in action in Monte Carlo. Marcos Giron going to be playing on Sunday. Taylor Fritz will be in action. He is the 10th seed. And how about young Sebi Korda taking on Botic Van Dezenschel? Now, Stefano Tsitsipas is your defending champion there. He beat Andre Rublev in the final last year for his first Masters title. Also got to the finals of Barcelona, got to the finals of Roland Garros. No titles yet this year. Lindsay, what do you expect to see from the Greek star? Uh, it's going to be, well, he's going into his best season. He loves playing on the clay. 22-4 and four last red clay court season, just uh, out of control. It was so tough, though, and I think we saw that a little bit with Medvedev after not winning the Australian Open, losing in five. Tsitsipas was pretty crushed after not winning the French Open. Two sets of love against Novak in the final. It started off so well when he won Monte Carlo, taking out Rublev in the final. Follow that up with the final and Barcelona lost to Rafa. It's sensational. You never know if a player feels more pressure than trying to defend those points the next year or if they're so excited to be back in their favorite part of the year. He's got a great game for Clay looking to take one step forward. He's got to worry, though, about some other players, namely one we just talked about, Alcaraz, that's now a favorite. We'll have to see how healthy Rafa is. But if you were to ask Steph what surface does he most look forward to, it's the red clay. Yeah, I think it's been a little bit of a mixed bag for Sitsipas this year. Had the injury that he came back from and, and, you know, just getting himself back physically, I think, has been a bit more of a challenge for him. He's had some tough losses this year as well. Really good matches, but ones where he just couldn't quite get over the line. And you just never know in terms of coming back uh, to a place where you've done so well, you got points to defend. Do you feel more of that pressure? Uh, I think he would have liked a few more matches, Sitsipas, mm-hmm. going into this time of year, but certainly on the red clay, it allows his game you know, to flourish. He's got a little more time. He can be a little more aggressive, and I think all of those are going um, to be positive factors for him, but it would be interesting to see kind of where he comes out uh, in terms of his confidence uh, going into this 
clay court swing in the French Open. But I think this is a season, part of the season where he can build. Chandra, you mentioned he would like a few more matches. Yeah. So would Novak Djokovic. Uh, the world number one has only played one tournament. He lost to Yuri Vesely in the quarterfinals there, got two wins. This will be his second event, playing Monte Carlo. He's a two-time champion there. Lost in the third round last year to Dan Evans. Chanda, what, what do you expect to see from the world number one, who we have not really seen? I mean, that is the big unknown. It has been a tough start to this year for Novak Djokovic, and it's really been off the court. Him, you know, being able to get to these tournaments and play and really settle into a rhythm. I mean, he's one of the, the best at, you know, coming in cold and kind of building. But, I mean, this is, I think, unprecedented even for him. So it's going to be important for him to kind of get those first few matches under his belt when he's able to get back out there. I think he's going to be motivated, of course. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see where his game is and how he is able to build. But he's another one who loves this surface, who plays so well. He has that ability to extend points, extend rallies. And physically, he is just so tough to get past. So I think all of those are going to be in his favor right out of the gate. Yeah, it'll be an interesting time for Novak. All of a sudden, we're, he's going to be playing the season without longtime coach Marion Vida. It looks really good for him right now if, compared to a few months ago when we weren't sure if he was going to be able to go to any of these countries and play. Obviously, the COVID can, can, restrictions can come back at any time. But as it stands now, it looks like he's going to be able to play both the French and Wimbledon. And for him, those are the goals, right? Get more major titles. And so I, I have to imagine that some of that stress is taken off him, at least currently. I mean, now we're talking about we're not sure if we're going to see the Russians in maybe some mm. of these majors. But for Novak, you know, it's all about getting matches and building up the confidence for Roland Garros. I'm not sure he's so worried about what happens in Monte Carlo or, or some of these lead-in events. He knows he hasn't played a lot of tournaments. He hasn't played many matches, just three on the year. I think it's about building back up his game, getting ready. He's got a long runway until Paris starts at the end of May. That's the big goal for him. He's got a lot of time. We know how good he is. We know how good he is on the surface. Not too worried about him right now. Uh, we talked a little bit about Carlos Alcaraz. Djokovic could face him in the quarterfinals in Monte Carlo. That would be exciting. Of course, no Rafa, the 11-time champion, still out with that rib injury. Expected to return around Madrid, we shall see. Looking forward, though, to Monte Carlo and kicking off the European red clay season on the ATP Tour. A lot more to get to here as we lead up to our first semifinal it is 57 degrees here in Charleston, and that's what you don't see during the breaks. Lindsay and Chanda just all bundled up. They don't they don't give You're any covers out, to me. Steve. You're tapping it out, not us. Chanda does not look happy there. I'm mad, Steve. Ruben back on TC Live, presented by Conrad Hotels. Camilla Osorio, the top seed at a WTA event for the very first time, defending her title in Bogota. She won as a wild card last year. No trouble, Chanda, making it back to the semifinals. Yeah, there's no better feeling than to come back to a place where you've done well and get to the final weekend. Osorio in that first set just dominated. She's so good on this surface, moves beautifully, has so much time to set up the forehand, which allows her to open up the court. The second set got a little tighter, but Osorio, with so much confidence, gets through in straights. 
currently ranked at a career high 33. She was 180 at this time last year. Cami is on the rise and back in the final four. And by the way, the semifinals are underway right now on T2. The final begins tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern, also on T2 for Samsung owners. So looking forward to these matchups in Bogota. It is time now to enter the social net. And we start with former top player, Joe Wilfred Sanga. He was he was ranked five in the world at one point, but says he is going to retire, stop his career after Roland Garros this year. Yeah, it's a little bit bittersweet. And watch some of the video um, that Sanga put out there just talking about the decision and how tough it's been with the injuries and, you know, trying to, to come back, putting himself through pain day in and day out. And at a certain point, you just get to where you don't want to keep doing that. He's got so much the rest of his life left uh, to live. He's got a great family. And I think that support is helpful. A little bittersweet, but hopefully he will enjoy this next phase. Uh, 14 years ago, Australian Open final. Finalists. We thought for sure a major was coming for Sanga. Didn't happen. A couple times semifinalist at Roland Garros. But it's going to be sad to see him leave. He was one of the most entertaining players. 18 career titles. Great career for Joe Wilfred Sanga. We will see him in Paris. We will see Frenchman Patrick Moradoglu with Simona Halep as her coach. Lindsay, what do you make of this? I think it's a good move for Halep. She's been looking for that next big spark and split with her longtime coach Darren Cahill at the end of last season. And she still has a lot of great tennis left in her. And people were talking retirement because, oh, she got married. I don't think so. I think she's got some more majors left in her. She needed a new voice and wanted a, a new motivation. He's a great motivator. He's been around the sport a long time, knows all the women's players. It just brought up a lot of question marks about another player. It, it, it did. <laughs> and Patrick said he spoke to Serena, was given approval to work with somebody else, at least in the short term. And Serena, though, made her own comeback news with a star from the football world. Take a listen to this. Aaron Rodgers here, and we've been talking about <laughs> we've been talking about my comeback, and he's been hyping me up and getting me ready for Wimbledon. So, hi, man. Can't Wimbledon. wait. Yeah, I thought you knew. What about U.S. Open? Wimbledon's before the U.S. Open. Okay, I gotta Wimbledon. play Wimbledon Let's first. Go. Wimbledon. All right. <laughs> Exciting. She's back. She's back. Uh, all right, so so that's Serena saying she's playing Wimbledon. Yeah, and your reaction. No, I mean, it would be great to see her back out. I think that's been the big question because she had that major hamstring injury last year, took her out of Wimbledon. We did not see her again. That's such a difficult injury to come back from, especially when you start getting a little older. And we see Serena with all of these off-court ventures. She's such a force and an influence. Just wonder, is she really going to want to get back on the court and go through all of that again? It would be great to see her back out. Hopefully it happens. Yeah, that's just a question. We we hope it, it will happen, right? We've missed her so much in the sport. But we've heard her say before she was going to play something and she didn't play it. So I, I don't know. We haven't. I, I feel much stronger when I see pictures of her on the practice court and see her practicing or have other players see her out there. It's a lot, especially at 40. I mean, we haven't really seen too many players be able to play or step away from the game for almost a year and come back. She's obviously superwoman and going for records. So we hope that that's true. And maybe we'll see her at the end of June. Yeah, I, I hope so. I believe you, Serena. We're going to see you at the All England Club going for another title there at Wimbledon. Lindsay, you've got a head up 
inside Credit One Stadium to the booth. Join Pam Shriver. Call the two semifinals today. I will see you guys tomorrow. Get nice and warm. I'm going to. I have my jacket. <laughs> we're we're going to stay cold out here I a little longer. I believe they took those shots of me. Yeah. I was not aware. <laughs> my mean face on because it was cold. I'm usually happy, Steve. The cameras are always rolling, <laughs> Chanda. This is your lineup on Championship Sunday. Chanda and I will get you ready for the semifinal when we come back. Doesn't get better than Charleston, South Carolina in April. Great to be back here with the fans in a brand new big time stadium, 11,000 strong. It is semifinal Saturday at the Credit One Charleston Open. Here's our hot shot of the day, Chanda. Arena Sabalenka, Ali Risk. Yeah, Sabalenka covering so much ground. I love this slide here out of the backhand. Allows her to recover and hit that shot. Completely taking risk by surprise. This was an incredible shot. One of the best, really the best of that match. And one of the best I think she's hit all year, Steve. That was phenomenal. Yeah, it was big time stuff from Arena Sabalenka, but couldn't get past Amanda Anasimova. And Anasimova is in to the semifinals. She will meet Angebur. First up is Ekaterina Alexandrova against Belinda Bencic. Bencic, second time she's been in the semifinals here. First time was way back 2014. Her debut at this event in Charleston. Angebur, she made the semifinals here last year for Alexandrova and Anasimova. First time in the final four at this event. So let's talk Anasimova, Jabur a little bit. Who's going to win that match and why? Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see who can control play, who can dictate the tempo of this match most often. It's one thing that Jabur has been able to do up to this stage, but I think it will be a slightly different story against Anna Samova because she can hit with power from the ground. She has the ability to hit up the line. It's one of the staples of her game. I think stretching the court will pose some problems for Jabur, who has a little more variety. I think she can upset the rhythm of Anna Samova a bit, but how much can that come into play with the pace and the depth that's going to be coming at Shaber. That's going to be the interesting part for me. I'd probably give Anna Samova the slight edge mm. in this one. However, there are some intangibles on the Shaber <laughs> side. I mean, you can never count her out. Some of the shots she made were incredible, and I expect to see more of that today. I love her variety, but on this surface, at this tournament, a lot of big hitters have won this event. Anna Samova could be the next one. The match that is moments away is going to be Ekaterina Alexandrova and Belinda Bencic. Both players looking to make their first final here. What are the keys for Alexandrova? You know, I think it's going to be the mindset. You know, this is maybe not a tournament she expected to do so well at. She's not as comfortable on the clay, I and mean, she talked about that. But her game is suited to it because, as you mentioned, she can hit big. She's got a beautiful backhand. That is the shot that really opens up the court for her. She's been playing confidently and getting through to this stage. It's a different mindset for any player. When you're in a semifinal, you feel like you can win the tournament as much as the next player. So I think that's going to be a big factor for Alexandrova, how she comes, how she starts out. Uh, how she comes out firing, and the confidence she has if she gets into some tough moments. Well, we saw the Conrad Hotels head-to-head -head earlier yeah. in this TC Live. Were you surprised at the 2-2 in this matchup? I was a little bit surprised, and I think, you know, a couple of 
one of those wins, at least one or two of them were on on clay. Yeah. Right. And Alexandra yeah. got through. I would have expected it to maybe be the other way around. But Benchit, she's become a real nice mover on this surface. And we talked about it earlier. She's been using her serve nicely. Can Alexandrova take her out in terms of returns? Can she really pressure Benchich a little more than what she's been done, the way she's been pressured so far in this tournament? All right, looking forward to it. Moments away, there is Belinda Benchich making her way into Credit One Stadium when we come back. Hall of Famers Pam Shriver and Lindsey Davenport have the call for our first semifinal here in Charleston.